Cornerstone Sunday. I'm telling you, God gave out some some things. I I don't you know I don't I don't understand how some people can be in the midst and hear that type of teaching. We can't force anybody to do right and live right and. But I, I'm telling you, one day, people hiding stuff in their heart, the word is going to catch up with you. And you can only blame yourself. In this day and age, with all the stuff that's going on in our world, this is not a time to be playing with your relationship with God. Somebody say amen. amen. This is not a time. You don't know when your number is going to be called. And I'm not talking about it on the cell phone neither. Um, Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. I'm going to read this, and we'll start from here. Uh, we did cover this last week. And we're going to cover it this week so we can move forward and go a little bit farther. And I do believe uh, this is what God has given me to minister to this body, we understand that in chapter 8, it was a vision that God was showing Ezekiel, and it covers chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10. We're just going to deal with chapter 8 and really the principle of chapter 8. I want you to understand the, the team, the people we have that come up and minister. Sister Massey made a, a statement, I think it's very profound, uh, that I, I don't know who God was talking about. I never asked her those things, uh, whatever pastor was. And, and sometimes I think, Sister Massey, it is staying beyond pastors. We have created a culture of raising up evangelists and, and, and preachers and stuff in Something happened to come across. I came across something on YouTube today, supposed to be in truth, and I'm listening to this young man, and, 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 he, and he's preaching. And I said, God, I don't want to be judgmental. But the first thought that comes to my mind, how many souls have he won? How many people has he ministered to outside the pulpit? Sitting up there and just running his mouth, and I, I feel like God told me he has not experienced anything he's talking about. But that's the culture we have created. And we, we can't have that culture here. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. People that get up and minister is more than just, you know, a catchy title and putting something together that, that sounds good. The word has to be a benefit to the people. And the word is only a benefit to those that willingly eat the word, consume the word, allow the word to be a part of them. And so, I, I mean, that just really, that really got me. So I, I appreciate the ministry that we have here and what God is doing. 
Now, I can't get really upset with the young man because that's the way, that's the way I used to look at things, and I used to view things that way. God, give me a good title. Let me preach a good message. Let it sound good. And saying things I probably never experienced or lived myself. We, in this day and age, it cannot be that way. Boy, I am getting off track. This is why we said a while back when different things was going on in the body and different people was experiencing things. And it was, it, was, it was the will of God. God told me, I'm allowing this to happen. So when I bring the people in from the outside, it doesn't matter what type of stuff they're going through. Somebody in the body has already experienced that, and I have brought them through. And that way they're able to minister unto them. That's the love of God that he has for the lost world, that he allow you to go through something that you can minister to those that come in the house of the living God. Somebody say amen. And they are coming. They're coming. And so here in, in Ezekiel 8 and verse 5, Ezekiel was telling this. He recapped this after he came out of this vision. Verse 5, then he said to me, and, and that was uh, really, I believe, the, the theopony of God, a representation of God, a manifestation of God. Then he said to me, son of man, lift your eyes now towards the north. We understand the north. They was looking at Jerusalem. They was looking at the temple, the tabernacle. The north was, was where the sanctuary was. We understand that the temple was in two parts. You had the first part, and then you had the holiness of all, the second part. The first part was called the sanctuary. In the sanctuary, we had the golden candlesticks, had the altar of incense, which represent prayer, had the table of showbread. And then they had the entrance towards the north. So he, he told them, look towards the north. Look towards my sanctuary. So I lifted my eyes towards the north, and there, north of the altar, and I believe it was talking about, I may be wrong, the, the, the altar incense, north of the altar gate. North of the altar gate was the first veil they went behind to get into the sanctuary. North of this, at the entrance, was the image of jealousy in the entrance. We talked about jealousy. And this word jealousy is talking about, it, it was an image, it was an idol, it was a figure, it was a statue. So this, this idol could be a person, it can be a place, it can be a thing. It, it was something that reminded them, and really, I, I believe it was, and I'll tell you what the idea is next week. But it was something to remind them as they was going into the sanctuary, the sanctuary, only the priest can go in there and minister. 
The sanctuary was a consecrated place. The sanctuary was a place where the presence of God dwelt. They was going in there to do the services unto the Lord. Now, prior to them going there, they had to wash. They had to be clean before they went in there. And so physically, they took care of everything. But there was something in their heart that said, hey, I'm doing this and nobody knows. But there's something else that I have more trust in. I have more belief in. Have more influence in my life. And I can do the things of God and fool everybody and nobody knows. I'm telling you no Holy Ghost. God knows everything. And just because judgment have not came doesn't mean that you're getting away with this idol, this thing that's sitting on your heart. And so I'm talking about the physical body, and I'm talking about this physical structure. And so there are some things we will not allow in the house of God. Won't happen. And then, you know, you hear people, I can hear somebody say, well, everybody else is doing it. Well, everybody else is wrong. And you're going to find out that's why there's not a demonstration. There's not a move of the Holy Ghost because they had allowed some things in there that God said, you're going to put my name on that house? It's got to be my house. Somebody say Amen. So when God bring the influx in, they don't want to walk into a place that they can get the same thing out there that they get in here. So he told them to look. So he lifted up his eyes, and, and, and there was this, this image. And this image realized it, it, was, it was influenced by an evil spirit. And, and the spirit knew that it provoked God. The Spirit knew that as it moved on this person and they yield to it, it made God upset because the Spirit was said, God, this is one of your children, and look at what they're doing. And tell me, you, we, we don't understand. Oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. We know that's true. And when, when the enemy went and stood before Joe, I mean, stood before the Lord, the Lord said, I know you've been considering Job. Revelation said he's the accuser of the brethren. I'm talking about people that's born again. Everybody that said the name of Jesus is not a brother and not a sister. Somebody say amen. Oh, my goodness. He's an accuser of the brethren. So that spirit, that image, that figure... That statue that was setting in the heart of the people will remind God, look, they got everything right on the outside, and they're fooling everything, but uh, they're looking to me. And so what they didn't know is that God was revealing this to the man of God. Now, I, I, I want to pause here. God doesn't show me everything. I can't handle that. But I have a team that God has given. And God will show her something. 
God will show him something. Him. Where, did, where, where do y'all go? Spirit telling me you're not following the spirit the right way. God will, let me quit because I'm messing up here. God will tell the, the Joshua team, and, and they would pray about it. And they, God would show them how to approach and deal with that situation. Friend, that is the love of God. God can't show everybody that because some people, they're so judgmental until they're going through something. Because we got to be saved, friend. Let me say again, we got to be saved. I, I want to make it to the kingdom of God. But then in verse 6, the scripture said, Furthermore, he said to me, son of man, do you see what they are doing? Oh, man. I want you to see this. The great abominations, plural. That the house of Israel commits here. Where? In the tabernacle. Abomination means discussing things morally. In other words, they, they knew they was transgressing the word of God. The word of God is plain. Have no other God before me. No God of gold. Oh, my God. No God of silver. That, oh, man. This is the reason why we got to be careful with the bling. Because it reminds God. It's, <laughs> Let me keep going. Jesus, help me. Let me keep reading. The great abomination that the house of Israel commit here. And he said... To make me go away from my sanctuary, my dwelling place, my place of uh, habitation? Question mark. He said they're allowing all this stuff in and they're trying to push me out. And I, I am telling you, I don't care what their name is and what they may have done in the past. But if you see the world coming in then they have allowed the presence of the Lord or try to push God's presence out. I heard some people say this before, and, and this man, was he was really good. God really used him. I love to hear him preach. And he made this statement, if, if, if you don't change with the time, you're going to be left behind. Wait a minute, friend. It sounded good. With all the technology. Look, it's used the right way in here. Brother Andrew De La Rosa used it the right way in here. All this on the platform is used the right way in here. We're not bringing the world into the house of the living God. And the message is not changing. My God. There's still only one way to be saved. And as you grow and mature in God, as you draw close to him, there's a separation from the world. You can't get close to God and act like the world, live like the world, talk like the world, dress like the world. 
Somebody ought to say amen. Then something has got on your bishop tonight because that spirit said, you line up like that and you'll never grow. Spirit world, I'm going to tell you, we're going to line up according to the word of God and we will grow. Somebody say amen. Oh, my God. Watch this here. He said they, 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 they commit these things and they're trying to make me go from my sanctuary. I don't want the presence of God to feel like it's not welcome in this body. He said, now turn again and you will see greater abomination. And they had no clue God was revealing all this. And so we're going to see this, how in the New Testament, and we started last week, how they was committing such things that they was trying to push the presence of God out of the sanctuary. You know, it's amazing when I was just obeying God without understanding. I'm understanding some things now. They're just some things that has no place in the house of God. You shame on these people that go to these charismatic churches that's not in truth and say, we're going to take their ideas and we're going to learn from them and we're going to adopt our stuff. No, no, no. God does not show somebody that's not in truth the way to have a move of God. Oh, they are drawing the people and they are winning them, but God has nothing to do with it. We just don't want to draw people. We can draw them. Listen, I can let everything go and let everything come into the house of, of, of God and make people feel good that they can have the world and have God. And I'll make them twofold a child of hell. And then we can say, oh, our church is growing. Oh, yeah, it's growing. But God has nothing to do with it. There are going to be some people mad when they stand before God. And they're going to look at that man of God or that woman of God, whoever it was, and say, you never told me the truth. I prefer to tell somebody the truth and they hate my guts and they leave me. You know, I mean, they leave the church and everything. Sure, it bothers me when some people leave. Then some people, I want to help them pack and leave. Some. So, let's look at this. Let's go back to where we were last week, and we're going to go a little bit farther. John chapter 3, and, and we're going to read verse, verse 1 and 2. When you get there, say, amen. Oh, man, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> Woo. All right, John 3, verse, verse 1. There is a man of the bag of fleas, I mean of the Pharisees, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, which means master teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs, these wonders, these miracles, the supernatural that you do unless God is with him. 
Now, I want you to notice some of this word in here that I really like. He said, no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Nicodemus was looking through the right eyes. He wasn't lifting up the, the, the physical, the flesh. He said, nobody can do this except God is with him. This is the way people have to look at us when God begin to use some of you. Some of you are going to want the accolades. As long as you want the accolades, you won't be used of God. We have grown to that place. And some of you wonder why. Man, I'm getting ahead of myself. Well, God won't use me like that because you, 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 your ego is too big. You won't give God the glory. And God said, my glory, I will not share it with another. You want to be used of God? Let the people see God operate through you, but they know to give God the glory. Oh, somebody else say amen. So the Bible said there's a man of the Pharisees. And during that time, we understand that the Pharisees was the strictest religious set during that time. They pride themselves. They, they, they was um, they were self-righteous, they was condescending, and they was arrogant. Now, all of them probably weren't like that. It's obvious uh, Nicodemus wasn't like that because he wouldn't have sought Jesus out. He was a Pharisee. The Bible said the same came to Jesus by night. Let me back up. He's a ruler of the Jews. So a ruler, when you do the historical background on this, he was part of the 70 elders. That was the ruling religious body during that time. That was part of the Sanhedrin Council. It was a privilege for him to be a part because people looked to him. He was a ruler of the Jews. The Bible said the same came to Jesus by night. Now, it's the reason why he came by night. One, one thing I, I like about him, and we'll find out later, whatever he seen Jesus do, it provoked him. It got his interest to the point that he said, I'm going to find him, and I'm going to investigate how in the world God can use him like that. And when God seen that, God said, I'll tell him everything. I feel the Holy Ghost. Because when Moses saw the bush that was burning and not consumed, if he would have went on past it, the Lord wouldn't have said anything. But when he said, I want to turn, I want to investigate, I want to find out why the bush burned and it's not consumed. Somebody ought to say amen here in the house of the living God. So he had to locate him. He had to find him. The Bible said he came by night. reason why he came by night, he didn't want to hear all the stuff his other friends were saying, or peers were saying about the Lord. Now, the word of the Lord is true. And, and you don't have to turn here in Jeremiah 29, 13, 14. This applies. And you will seek me and find me 
when you search for me with all your heart. He was able to find him because he searched for him with all his heart. And the Lord said, I will be found of you, says the Lord. I don't think Jesus said, hey, when, when I leave here, this is where I'm going. Something happened in Nicodemus' heart that the Lord said, I, I'm going to guide you to right where he's at. There's not one person in here that cannot find God. If your heart is sincere, I don't want to hear that, hey, I, man, I'm praying and I ain't heard from God. Now, if you ain't heard from him, you hear from him doing the preaching or the teaching of the word of God. But to say that you can't find God, that's a lie that comes from the very pits of hell. So watch this here. So he, the same came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we... We know that you are a teacher come from God. Notice the word he used, we know. Who is the we? He didn't have no rats in his pocket. I don't know that I heard people say it. I don't know if it makes sense, but yeah. We, he was talking about the other part of the council, the other 69. So it's obvious they had stood around and talked. They say, man, he has to be of God. But only one sought him out. And because he threatened their structure, threatened their institution, threatened their tradition, they tried to come up with a way to destroy him. We, we have heard through the gifts of the Spirit. If some of them can get in this place and destroy what God is doing here, they will do it. But spirit world, it won't work. It just won't work. And they know that it's God. But yet, because it's, it's not going along with everything else, we got to stop him. I still remember where Brother Bisco was at. That, that vision, that dream that God gave you when those men was gathered together. And, and they said, and he, he wasn't even a member of this church at that time. We got to stop him. Well, you can try all you want, but if it's of God, you can't do anything. Somebody say amen. And so here... We know your teacher comes from God. No one can do these things that you have done except God be with him. We're going to find out tonight what he saw and where he saw it. It's the reason why. He said, man, I'm one of the rulers. I'm one of the leaders. I'm one of the teachers. And yet, in all my ministry, I have never seen a manifestation of God like I've seen in him. Yeah. Yeah. Woo, I hear people talk about the brush harbors. We're not living in the brush harbors. And thank God for the men of God and the ladies of God that God used it. But hey, friend, he's not a respecter of person. The same God that done it then, it's the same God that can do it. When can God do it? If God used them, then God can use what? 
I thank God for the men of God that came before me, that we have this facility, that paid the price. That first pastor sold his house and got that first church down on Carolina Street, sacrificed and gave his all. I appreciate what Brother Keenan done. At that particular time, people selling peanut brittle to have this building in the sacrifice. I appreciate what Brother Wallace done and all the things that, that he put in place. I don't take that for granted. But neither can I just coast. And, and we coast as a body and just be happy with just coming to church and having good church. What is good church? We're here to be a light in the midst of the darkness. A city that is set up on the hill, come on somebody, cannot be here. But you set that candlestick on a, on, on a stand that it may give light to everybody in the room. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. God's going to use this body to give light to the region. It has to be more than words. I'm going to get somewhere tonight, and I'm telling you, somebody, you, you better listen to me tonight. You, when, when the Word of God doesn't move you anymore, there's something in your heart. So one, how is it that it was, it was so easy for God to move through the part that the man Christ Jesus took from, from Mary? It, it, it was easy. God was able to manifest himself through the man Christ Jesus because there was nothing to distract obstruct, to slow down, or hinder God operating through him. And this is where God is trying to bring us as a body. There can't be nothing there. Some of us, we know God had there with us, but some of us, we don't want to pay the price. I cannot understand that. Somebody pay the price so you can hear truth. So you can be saved. But you don't want to pay the price. You don't want to go through anything. You don't want God to change you. What type of mindset is that? So let's look at this about Jesus. The reason why the spirit of the Lord was able to move through him. Uh, Elder, Hebrews 10 and verse 7. Then I said, Behold, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. So I come in the pages of the book, of the word of God. It said, It is written of me, watch this here. To do the will, to do your will, O God. So the, Jesus said, Hey, I, I come, and, and my only purpose is to do God's will. This is why God was able to move through the man, Christ Jesus. Because the only thing he wanted to do was the will of God. And, and somehow, we have to get there. Let's look at another scripture why 
the Spirit of the Lord was able to move through him so freely. Go to Luke chapter 22. Elder's going to read that one also. And verse 41 and verse 42. Now, I'm not saying that there won't be struggles in, in the will of God. Man, sometimes there's struggle. When God lays something on my heart and I have to deal with something, I'm thinking, why I have to deal with it? I don't want to deal with it. And you're going to hate my guts. I got some here hate my guts right now. But look, you put a little salt and pepper on those guts, man. Now, I'll tell you, it's pretty good. Ain't my guts. Then, I, then I'm thinking, who kingdom am I building? Boy, we got some things in here. Listen, I'm finna get in trouble on this. Just because you can have your Bible on the phone doesn't mean you need to use your phone in the house of God. Bring your word to the house of God. Because some of you are playing on the phone. You better hear me. Oh, I'm saying, Bishop, you don't have a right to do it. You, you're not a shepherd. Bring your word. Okay, we'll read. <laughs> Go ahead, Elder. Luke 22, verse 41. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone throw, stone throw. And he knelt down and prayed. So he, he knelt and he prayed. Watch this here. Saying, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Oh, if it's your will, <laughs> take this cup away from me. By him praying that, Sister Tolerant saying that, there was a part in him. There was a struggle. There was a battle. He did not want to do that. He realized it was going to cost him everything to do the will of God. And so he went to God in prayer. He had to take that flesh to prayer. He had to take his desire, his will, his pleasure, his plan. He had to take it to prayer and crucify in the presence of God Almighty. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here, Brother Mike. We're not popular on 350 Utopia Lane. He's too hard over there. No, I'm not. I'm lining up with the Word of God. We, we're going to get somewhere tonight before nine. So what, what did he say, Elder? If it's not will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless. Ne say that again. Nevertheless. Say it one more time. Nevertheless. Okay, hold your spot right there. Somebody tell me what that word means, nevertheless. It means, mm? Come on, Brother Penn. I mean, not Penn, not Penn. I mean, Ambassador, what Brother means. You go, hmm? <laughs> Did your wife poke you or something? <laughs> what, what does it mean? Somebody. Even though? Even though uh, welcome back from vacation. Uh, even though? What else? Regardless. I like that. Anybody else? In spite of. All of them are good. I don't know what it means anyway, but it's good. I'll see what y'all had. <laughs> Regardless? In spite of? Hey, it, it doesn't matter. How many of us can get to that place? 
Oh, your bishop is talking right now. How many can get to Nevertheless. What else, Elder? Not my will. Not what? My will. Not my plans? Say it again. Not, 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 not what? Not my will. Not, not my desire? Not my pleasure? Not my dreams? Nevertheless, not my will. What else, Elder? But yours be done. But yours be done. And this is why God was able to move through the man, Christ Jesus. It was all about the kingdom of God. It was never about him and his pleasure and his will and his desire. It was all about God. Somebody say amen. You, you, you don't think, I mean, when, when I'm seeing this guy prices and God talked to me, he said, don't, 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 you, don't you make it easy. You're not going to cancel or eliminate any prayer. God said, you're not going to do it. The people, you tell them to be faithful and trust me and I'll take care of them. But you're not going to cut that out. As a man, I'm thinking, man, Lord, that's going to cost you money. They don't have it to come. That's my thinking. But God sees something that I don't see. The enemy will love for us to back up in our prayer and take one of those prayer services away. But God said, don't you do it. Don't change your service time. Don't change anything that you're doing. Somebody say amen. You know what God is doing? He's trying to get a people prepared for the influx. Somebody say amen. I'm going to show you something in the word of God. And I, I know I mess with some of y'all minds when I say we're not going to do it door not look at people done it back then. But I'm going to show you in the word of God when the environment is right, when it's lined up with the word of God, and God's name is exalted in the house of the living God. You better hear me. God will draw them into the house of the living God. All right, we, we, we need to keep going. Okay, Elder, let's go to John 18. Here's another scripture I, I just want us to look at. I, I think it's a very powerful scripture. John 18, verse 10 and verse 11. Then Simon Peter. I want to say, let's give just a second to get there. I like hearing these pages turn. This, this is great. All right, that's in the New Testament. <laughs> you heard that? That's right before the book of Acts. <laughs> All right, Elder. John 18, verse 10 and 11. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Marcus. Marcus? Marcus. What, what you doing in the Bible, Brother Marcus? You cutting off people's ears or what, man? <laughs> I'm just picking. He don't have to. He's big enough. He could just snatch it off. Watch this here. So Jesus said to Peter. Oh, oh, now, now Peter, he took out his sword. Now, this seemed like a good thing. Peter said, hey, there's no way. 
You're not going to be taken. You're not going to die. But the Lord refused to allow anyone to stop him from fulfilling God's will. It doesn't matter how good their intentions may be. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. When you know what the will of God is, you don't let anybody stop you from fulfilling God's will. And I have heard people try to talk to me, well, well uh, Pastor Jackson, not in this congregation, you, 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 you promised him, you don't have to do that, you know, and stuff. You know, and God said, don't you listen to them. I'm not telling them. I'm talking to you. You don't let anybody, I don't care how close they may be to you, you don't let them stop you from fulfilling God's will. It's a good thing that Peter was doing. Watch this here. Put your sword into the sheep. He said, put your sword up. He said, you, 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 he, he's like my oldest daughter. Hannah would be better throwing her gun than shooting her gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing for sure, if she don't shoot you, she will throw it. <laughs> she will hit you. I am telling you right now. <laughs> Hannah don't play. She didn't even play at recess when she was going to school. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Watch this here. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has? Wait, wait a minute. Read that part again. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? He said, put it up. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? You mean well, but the will of God must be done in my life. Whatever God has said we need to do, we're going to do it. And I don't know how many times I have to think, and God said, you better obey me. You're doing my will. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter what everybody else says. It doesn't matter what they think. You better obey my will. And don't tell me God can't move through a vessel that's totally submitted to the will of God. Now, for some of you that's unbalanced spiritually, I don't know what God's will is in your life. You can't come if I come and say something to you. Well, Bishop, I'm just going to do God's will, and it don't line up with anything that's going on. I need to throw that out there. I just threw it. <laughs> it's going to match you. Watch this here. One more, then we're going, to, we're going to see where Nicodemus heard. We're going to find out what he heard and what he saw and where he saw it. So it's going to match you 16. And we're going to look at verse, um, um, we're going to look at verse um, 21. If you dare say amen, that's the first book in the New Testament. If you know, want to know what the books of the Bible is, that's sitting next to Sister Sandy. She know them all in order and stuff. It said, from that time, Jesus, watch this here, began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. Now, he's telling him what the will of God is for his life and suffering Many things from the elders 
and chiefs, priests, and scribes, and be killed, and be raised the third day. Now, since God didn't tell them, it's hard for them to grasp that, to understand that. How can this be the will of God? Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Every intention meant well, sound good. But the Lord turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. He was influenced by that spirit. You are an offense to me. You are a stumbling block. You are an occasion for me to stumble and sin. If I listen to you and not allow to happen the will of God, then I am transgressing the word of God. Ooh. He said, you are an offense to me. This is why God has told me I can make no allegiance with anybody. Because they're probably going to say some things that sound real good. Some of you wonder, why, why in the world you haven't had anybody in here? We will when God tell me. But right now, God's hand is on this Joshua team in a mighty way. We're getting what somebody else cannot bring here. They will minister out of knowledge, but they can't minister out of experience. Oh, well. And it got quiet in the house of the living God. He said, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God. He just told him the things of God. But you are mindful of the things of man. And so this is why the, the Lord was able to flow through the man, Christ Jesus. There was no obstructions. There was no hindrance. He was completely submitted. Now, it's easier said than done. And sometimes we, we got to stay in the altar, your own altar, to keep this flesh submitted to God. I, I am telling you, you ain't the only one that have battles out there. I have those battles too. But I always come back to this. When my time is up and I stand before God, what I didn't yield to is that very thing that can keep me out of heaven. And I ain't going to hell for nobody. I mean, a lot of people told me to go there. I don't know, some probably went there spring break and stuff. They wanted me to go. But I, I ain't going. Not doing it. And your soul means more to me than me having my way. We don't have this type of ministry anymore because we're afraid to offend people. Now, we should never get up with the attention to offend people. I heard someone, my goodness, I was telling Brother Massey, 
All right, man, we'll keep going. So what did Nicodemus see? And where did he see it? Let's go to John chapter 2, and we're going to pick up at verse 13. Nicodemus saw something. He heard something that caused him to come to Jesus by night. And we're going to find out uh, that they had done some things like we read about in Ezekiel. They was pushing the presence of God out of the sanctuary. John chapter 2, verse 13. And by the way, they, they, uh, Brother Guerrero, Pastor Guerrero, uh, sent uh, some greetings from Venezuela. Some of the pastors are thanking you. They added another section, so there's more pastors. Boy, I want to cry. Man. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost. Showing the pictures of the leader and the money that he's giving to him, and they're standing there, and they're sending me a report. God's going to bless you, church body, because we may, they said it themselves, we don't even know you. We never met you, and, and you would be so kind to us, but it's not me. It, it is God working through this body. We may reach that whole nation. Friend, it will touch your heart to see the greetings that they sent. And so, we're obeying God. Let me say I'm getting off track. I, anyway, where were we? Somebody says 9 o'clock. No, it's not. <laughs> John 2, verse 13. Brother Jason, little son, is clapping. Say, yes, it is. <laughs> Verse 13. Said, now the Passover, and watch this here, of the Jews was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, I want you to catch this here. You heard me talk about this before, but I need to talk about it today so we can understand the contents of what we're reading and what Nicodemus saw. And he found in the temple, the sanctuary, the dwelling place of God Almighty, found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. Now, just work with me. You can throw this away if you want to, and you're not going to offend me. But I'm going to tell you why it was set up. They didn't want to inconvenience the people. They didn't want them to have any excuse why they cannot come to the house of God. And so they said, some of them traveling a long way, and we need to build our attendance up in the house of God. So instead of them carrying, and it depends on the economic status, 
It's selling to carry the, the, the sheep or the oxen or the turtle dove. They said, we're going to make it easy for you. We'll set it up really in the outer court. We'll set it up where you could just come. And whatever you need, we'll have here, and you can purchase it here. You don't have to worry about getting your first link. You don't have to worry about getting the best of your livestock. We'll give you what to sacrifice. It's not going to cost you anything. You just come. That's what people say in the day. I'm getting ahead of myself. Just come. We'll have everything in the house of God you need. We'll have the coffee. We'll have the donuts. We'll have the door prizes. We'll have everything. And I can't believe people get mad at me because I won't allow that stuff. And so they came. Now, not only that, the Romans was in charge of the world at that time. And so it was the Roman currency that they was using. Man, did, Sister Kimberly did so good when she hit that shekel that, that other day. So when they came to the sanctuary, they had to bring the sanctuary offering. It was required. It was for the upkeep of the sanctuary. But it had to be the half shekel. And so instead of them going to find somewhere to exchange the currency, we'll just have it conveniently set up here. Just come, and we will exchange the currency in the house of God. None of that was supposed to be. So when Jesus walked in to what's supposed to be his house, he found some things in the temple that should not be be there. And the Bible said in verse 15, when he made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' monies and overturned the tables. Why did he do this? One, it became a money-making mechanism. I am finna get in trouble. Thank God for you that are faithful and your tithes and offering. You can never go away from that testimony that Sister Benz gave. And I know for some of you it's a struggle, but I, I like what she said. It was a gradual thing, and bam, and it happened. I, I know of places they don't do what we do here. They don't take finances out of the administrative account. That's what IRS tells us to call it, the tithing account, to fund the departments. I've done it since the day I became pastor. So you will never go in your pocket. And we never had enough offering to take care of everything. So some of the administrative account has to take care of that. But they won't do that. I know some places, they got church notes. But they're not going to pay it out of the administrative account. They won't do it out of the offering. They'll have a special offering and let the people have that burden. 
And some of you get upset when the bishop is trying to get you to line up with the word of God so you can be blessed. They'll have fundraisers to raise to pay for stuff. What dumb idea is that? I'm going to get in trouble. Because you're taking, you're doing a fundraiser with the people that's sitting on the pews. And every time they come to church, they've been nickel and dime to death. We have never done it, and we won't do it. Neither will I ever sign a note and go into debt on another building. When it's time for us to have another building, God's going to give it to us. Won't do it. Now, God told me to do that Thanksgiving offering. We're going to do it every year. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. And I know people have already been blessed because of what you have given. That's right, sisters and gentlemen. And so God told me, God said, you need to do it so I can bless the people. You go to them. How often do we have special offerings around here? Very rare. And you know what get me is some people want to question me on the finances. I've been ready for, God told me who some of you were. And I know when you wanted to do it. And I was ready. Because I wasn't going to put up with it. God would deal with me if I'm doing anything wrong. But the sheep will never have that authority to rebuke or, or to tell the, the man of God what to do with the finances. That is not Bible. That is not biblical. <laughs> now watch this here. We didn't have to come to the church and ask for a special offering. Over $100,000. And I feel that AC kicking tonight. It better freeze us. And he's still spending money. I could talk about the beauty of uh, Brother Andrew running the sound where when you can't make it and, and you can see the stuff on live stream. I never came and asked for that. And so these people set up something in the house of God that shouldn't be there. And the Lord drove them out. Then they got corrupt in doing it. So it depends on the economic status. If they was poor, they came and they purchased the turtle doves. They handed it to the priest. The priest stepped behind the curtain, handed right back to the man that just sold it. And they kept reselling the same sacrifice, and they never sacrificed. And they think God didn't see it, and they was doing it in the temple. And then they begin to charge interest on exchanging the money. And so when, when Jesus walked in there, and he seen what was going on. He, he wrecked habit. He kicked money tables over. He, he let them know. Verse 16, he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. The word merchandise in the Greek means euphoria. That means an outlet mall. That's what it means. I didn't know they had him then, so whoever translated that. <laughs> he said, you can't make the house of God that you can come in and find every material thing you need in the house of God. 
And so he ran them out. There are some things, if we want the presence of God to be in our midst, that cannot be a part of the house of God. There are some things in this tabernacle, if you want God to dwell on the inside of you and move on the inside of you, that cannot be a part of this tabernacle. Now, here's what I want you to catch. Let's, let's go a little bit farther. I mean, we're not throwing a ball or anything like that, but I want you to catch this. Verse 17. Watch this here. Then his disciples remembered. Oh, man. No, Elder, you're supposed to read that one. Read that one. Uh, John 2, 17. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. So, so they remember. Now, they remember, they, they, they knew the Old Testament. This is a quote from the Old Testament. It was a reason why it came back to their mind. What the Lord done was part of prophecy. It was the proper thing. What God had asked me to do over the years, not allowing certain things, making sure we started something, we stopped. I've been totally in God's will. So, let's go to Psalms 69 and verse 9. This is how they remember this. This was a prophecy. And it's 904. But we're going to read this right now. Well. We'll read this, and we'll finish John 2, and we'll stop, and we'll pick up. Oh, man. If you dare say amen. Sister Ruth, if you could make your way up to the. Ah. Psalm 69.9. This would be a good jump off place. 